Ready to do this? Yeah, ready to rock, brother. All right. Welcome to another episode of Grinds My Gears. Today, I got with me the Viking. He lives up to the name, too, with that beard, brother. <laughs> Sean Zimmer, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing really well, brother. Really well. Best day of my life, man. Yeah, every day. Every day above ground's a good day. So, uh, I wanted to talk to you for a long time. I've had a lot of uh, people who listen to my podcast and just uh, follow me in general. Uh, asked me about you and i've been following your journey for quite quite a few years and it's for me it's been inspiring to watch you and see some of the stuff that you've been doing not only just uh with what happened last uh last uh, winter i guess right winter yeah but even before that with all the, the chaos in in canada that, that's been going on so before I don't like to go over people's stories so much because I've I've listened to some of the other stuff you've done and you've already kind of gone over the story and and how things came to fruition of of where you are today. But at the same time, some people don't know, you know, what Sean Zimmer is all about. So can you give us a little bit of a a background of like how things kind of took off for you in terms of, you know, your influence online and with the convoy and the lockdowns and all that kind of stuff. Just like a brief summary of how that kind of came into full view. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Brief summary for online. Well, that started with uh, memes of my daughter and I and videos of uh, my involved parenting that went viral. That's what started uh, originally getting the uh, wheels turning on an online presence being built. And then, uh, my knowledge on um, self-sabotage and, you know, psychology and the tribal mind is uh, what a lot of people came to me for to help them get past self-sabotage and addictions and everything that comes in with that. And then, uh, yeah, up to the convoy while well, we, uh, I'm in Winnipeg, Manitoba, the yeah. smack center of Canada here. And uh, shortly when uh, shit hit the fan, so to say, shortly after I, um, open my home into a community center pretty well, starting with my yard, which evolved into inside my home, offering uh, free fitness classes and a bunch of different stuff for kids and, you know, venues and, you know, we can unpack all, there's a lot there. So short story is in the face of the lockdowns, I said, no, open this uh, community right in uh, the busy area of Winnipeg. One of them where the police were able to, uh, you know, see what we were doing and try to, harass me and uh scare me into shutting down and stood my ground and uh then shortly after that uh found myself leaving the kids classes we had going inside the home here with 50 50 kids in the in the home every night to uh left that to a couple of the uh parents who had been there for a while to take over while i went to ottawa for the convoy um got there just two days after um it got rolling and stayed there until the very end and, um, you know, I actually just taken a month off social media before the convoy, um, needed a break. <laughs> yeah. We all, we all, we all do, but it follows. Yeah, it follows. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd love to be completely off there, but I feel a calling to be on there sharing my voice. So I, um, didn't know much about the convoy at all. I was really out of, out of touch with things on social media. And when I jumped back on, everybody's like, what are you, where, where are you at? Why aren't you involved with this? 
So we watched it roll through Winnipeg, and right when it rolled through, I knew I had to go, so packed up and, and took off, tailed right behind them. And so with that being said, I, I wasn't involved in it at all other than just boots on the ground. Yeah, and what was your main, like, motivation for wanting to go? Because it's not like, like, I'm in Toronto. It's not like Manitoba, Winnipeg is just fucking close. It's, it's like, really fucking far. And for the people who don't know, February in Manitoba is cold as shit. February in, in Ottawa is cold as shit. Like, um, <laughs> but yeah, after there was a whiteout, actually. Yeah, like, so, something. <laughs> like, um, and th- this is, I'm not ragging on Canadians. I love Canada, but Canadians have this, um, this tendency to be stagnant when, when shit hits the fan, when there's things that, um, need you to rise up and, and pay attention to, um, Canadians kind of brush it under the rug being, oh yeah, it's going to be okay. Eh? And then, and kind of just brush it by the side. What kind of motivated you to be like, okay, I gotta, I gotta leave everything I gotta leave my home. I gotta leave everything right now and, and fucking drive up because it's not a far away, and you were there the whole time. Like I have friends who who went up, unfortunately, because of because of my business, I couldn't leave at the time. Uh, but my my in laws went up and and to support. Uh, what drove you? Like, what was your main motivational factor to say, "Fuck it, I'm getting in the car, I'm going." Yeah, well, you know, the main motivating factor for everything I did during the the measures that we saw over the last few years. I'll try to be careful with my words to not get your <laughs> podcast flagged too much. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm shadow banned and fucking <laughs> thing beyond belief. I don't give a fuck at this point. <laughs> Say whatever you want, man. Yeah, so the main motivating factor for me was uh, to always build community and bring people together and give them you know, a sense of hope, a uh, connection. Um, you know, it ties together with what I do with the tribal mind and psychology with self-sabotage, you know, creating an environment of people that are supporting the lifestyle that you want. And obviously, in regard to the conversation I had, being sovereignty and freedom of choice, our basic rights, you know, God-given rights is, is this planet. So that's always been the, you know, fundamental base structure to what I was doing. I never really cared a whole lot about you know, try to change things politically or anything like that. Um, even when I, even when I started organizing rallies in Winnipeg here, it was just to get people together, you know, give them a, a sense of hope and sanity with other people that are like-minded with the same thoughts so they could share, you know, their thoughts with people. And, uh, so when the convoy rolled through here and I saw that, I knew it was, uh, I just felt the power the energy as they were rolling through and knew I needed to go and be a part of that to help build that up and, and utilize my, the resources I have, the influence I have, sorry, on social media to get the word out and really show what was happening and just see where I could be of use, you know. And as I said, I I was just boots on the ground, didn't have any part in it, and that evolved quite a bit as I got down there with, you know, taking part in this and that, uh, helping things get along. So it was really the draw to, you know, just keep community building together and keep that snowball effect rolling as as it grows bigger and bigger and just give people that sense of hope. And also – be a man that is not, you know, have another man down there who, no matter what happens, is going to stand um, yeah, and, yeah. And, and hold 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 true to the end. Because I knew now, from what we saw, that was lacking. Yeah. Now, what you said, something there that was really interesting that I think people need we need to focus on is like your attendance there was not politically motivated. It wasn't because you were trying to upheave the the government and cause some fucking revolution of change and and take down the dictator fuck Trudeau, right? But it was like 
and that's important because a lot of people who was on the outside and, and just kind of paid attention to what CTV and global news and all those fucking media outlets put out there. They were putting out there that everyone there was some sort of, like, as our, our wonderful PM said, a right-wing extremist, right? Whereas from my point of view, uh, from your point of view, and I've spoken to a lot of other people who were, were involved with that movement, it was never about government. It was about standing up for our rights and freedoms. and one of the things I wanted to ask you is, you know, why do you believe that freedom is so important? Because when we look at that movement that happened last year, and then we talked to some other Canadians that are quite removed from things, so to speak, right? That either they consciously are not paying attention because they don't want to accept the facts of what's going on, or they know what's going on and just say, I don't care. But from from where I live, I live in in Wolfville, Toronto. Like I live in a fucking cesspool of of woke NDP and liberal area. Unfortunately, I'm stuck there for a little bit. But uh, they would argue to me that you know we are free. We get to wake up in the morning, you get to go to work, you get to go to the store, you get to buy whatever you want, you get to do this. Whereas from people like me and you, who I would observe as more of a free thinking type of Canadian, we viewed this whole move, this whole um, last two or three years as an attack on our freedom, an attack on our, our sovereignty as Canadians and our, our God-given rights that we were born here. So, like, why do you believe that it's so important? And why is there that disconnect between some Canadians that think that we still do have freedom, whereas from the real perspective that I'm taking it from, was we're losing it day by day. Mm. Yeah, well, you, you, you somewhat answered the question uh, as you were proposing it um, with our God-given rights and sovereignty over ourselves. Um, one key factor that ties in with the latter part of your conversation there would be the less, or let, let's even just say the more control that there is, the more control over what we see, what we're told, where we need to go, who we can hang out with, the more that comes into mind, the more people are susceptible to losing the one thing that we are given without a doubt as human beings on this planet is to control over our thoughts. Yeah. And now obviously that doesn't completely take it away, but it greatly manipulates it and really steers us to areas of weakness and control. We're seeing it more and more with, you know, news being controlled. And that's one of the biggest things we were doing in, in Ottawa. And I knew at the end that it was a success, even though a lot of people, you know, lost their hope when the riot police came in. And for me, shortly after I got there, I knew this was going to end with riot police coming in. I was hopeful that we could get everybody to just sit down and single Canada. But when the tear gas came flying <laughs> and a pepper spray, uh, yeah, you got, that's a different story when that shit gets yeah, flying, right? Yeah. 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 But regardless, we stood ground in non-compliance, peaceful non-compliance. And one of the biggest factors that was the success of that was us using these devices that we have, which are, often used against us but it can also be used for good as you're doing here yeah and if us do to show the world that what you're seeing on mainstream news is not the truth look around everywhere we're showing you countless countless different individuals that are are painting the the true picture of what it is which is completely different on the screen right and that ties in with what i'm relating to with you know the the control over what we see the control over this environment you know 
we are being preyed upon with our what you can consider, you know, our reptilian brain. You know, we have our prefrontal cortex, which is our most evolved part of the brain that only humans yeah. and primates have. Um, that is control of conscious thinking, willpower, goal setting, long term thinking, and then our our reptilian part, um, you know, more tied with the limbic system, is is activated on a high amount. We go more into it when our stressors, when we're in our fight or flight response, yeah. and that is being controlled by all of this right it when we go into that system we're we're susceptible as the tribal mind we want to go along to get along to survive and thrive right it's impulse thinking going with what's being seen in repetition what's being told to us so the more that that environment is controlled around us and obviously aimed towards what's not best for us and it's hard for anybody to argue that when you really look around and take an assessment of today's world and what's being pushed in the environment and advertised all over right it's it's just poor quality Poor quality health uh, standards, and you name it from there, right? So, well, I mean, go ahead. Prior to cut you out, one of the most frustrating things is I'm in the health and fitness industry. I run a a mixed martial arts gym, I do tons of personal training, I'm a professional fighter. One of the most frustrating things for me over the last three years is I'm sitting here and they're talking about, first of all, the, the people who are talking about health are unhealthy and bad as fuck. So, that's a big issue to me. Secondly, not once were the institutions that actually helped reverse and help against the disease that was so terrible that we would all die from it. Not once were those institutions promoted or helped or or, or even like simply telling people, hey, go outside, get some vitamin D, do these things, eat well, healthy. Uh- all those, all those simple things that I say to a client on for day one, like, how, like someone comes to me and like, how do you lose weight? I'm like, well, drink more water. Like, really? I'm like, yeah, just drink fucking more water. Start with that. Like, well, all it's, all, these- it's all by design, right? And they shut yeah. down the gyms and kept the, you know, the alcohol and pot stores open, and all the fast food stores open because working out and being healthy is one thing that's going to put you in that, you know, that, yeah. that prefrontal cortex I was talking about and, and the stressors of not doing so and eating all this shit food and drinking alcohol and all these different things are putting you in that limbic system, easily controlled state to environmental influences, right? We can, a second part of, you know, my answer to that question would be, you know, I'm a man of God and, you know, define that however you want. I define it different than most people. Um, but our bodies here are conduits to spirit, you know, uh, anybody really meditates on this it's hard to deny we have this connection inside that really knows yeah. where to direct us and can tell us it's like a lie detector for the environment around us if we're connected to it and the more that we have control pushed on us and especially with what's being injected into us if that becomes something that is mandated i do believe this severs that connection to at least some degree and that is an aim to yeah, have yeah. us disconnected from that greater source the all the consciousness that we all have access to with with you know the the quantum computer of the universe with all the known factors that can guide us to living our best life and really rise up. So it's important on so many fronts, right? It's, uh, yeah. I felt like, um, like it was an attack on spirituality. That's like, um, before I got married, I was very like, not, I didn't think about God or religion or that much. And my wife comes from a very strong, uh, Christian family. Her dad's a pastor, and and you know, she, obviously she broke me down a little bit. She showed me the way. And when I became a Christian, one of the biggest um, things for me was that you know, as a martial artist, as a fighter, I always like being controlled, 
right? Because when I'm out of control, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking losing or I'm getting my ass kicked, right? So I think one of the biggest things that, you know, faith has helped me with is sometimes I can't stay in control of everything. And so sometimes I just have to, like, my wife laughs at sit me down. She's like, what the fuck's wrong with it? I tell her all my problems. She's like, Ashton, just get you just got to trust in God. You just got to trust in God that, you know, you know, our bills will be paid. You got to trust in God that these situations that are going to work out, they're, they're beyond our control. You've done everything you can possibly do to rectify the situation. You just have to trust and let go. And it's still hard for me to this day because I'm a, I'm a big control freak because, like, as you know, like, MMA fighters are, are the most relentlessly training athletes on, on the planet. And because we have so much things to to cover, right? I have to worry about all these different arts, and so I've always overworked and and, and thought of, I, I was not doing enough, and and I'm not in control, and the other guy is working harder than me. Whereas if I just you know took a minute, you know, remembered the, my faith and trust in my when what I'm doing and the things that I do and the people around me, you know, those those situations will work out. And I found that this whole, not just this whole last three years, but continuing, like even today, uh, was an attack on faith and, and people's spirituality. Like today in, in the media, I don't know if you saw this, Toronto Star posted some ridiculous uh, article saying it was a privilege, not not a right for a, uh, your kid's uh, parent not to know their kid's gender identity, right? So like, I'm sorry, fuck you. I, I'm the parent. It's my right, my God-given right. To, I've, I've been given the responsibility of taking care of these children. I got two kids, and, and now you're telling me it's not my right to know what they're thinking and their decisions and a decision that they make when they're a minor. Like when I was growing up, shit. If I did something bad, my mom knew right away. Right? It, like before I got home, my mom would be there. I grew up in a brown house, so she'd be there with with the belt ready to go. But like, uh, like it's an attack on on the nuclear family. In, in my opinion, it's an attack on 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 masculinity too. It's an attack on on freedom of religion and assembly because like we had tons of situations where you know you couldn't even go to your church, your place of worship during the last couple of years, mm-hmm. and we had um pastors and worship leaders being arrested and treated like like we have criminals in Canada that are treated better than what those people were treated during the pandemic like actual criminals like criminals who who do unspeakable things and and i found that, that that we're in this real big rabbit hole and i'm not saying canada's singular i think the us and a lot of other places are the same do you feel like this is an attack on on human spirituality, human religion, as well as those other things I mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's, I, was, I was laughing inside at uh, at your battle with the surrender in your in your walk uh, with God, and that's, that's definitely the case, right? There's a, a universal flow. I do believe strongly in willpower, and we can do our best to go against it. But it's you know like fighting up a, a pretty strong river. Um, sometimes it's best just to uh, let go and, and, and ride the bends with it. But we do have control over our thought. 
Um, so it's our perspective on these situations that we're faced with, right? If you want to retain negative thoughts with wealth compensation states with time, you're going to have that come in fruition or you can entertain positive thoughts. And I definitely agree with you. An attack on the nuclear family, masculinity, I'll, I'll mention as well, femininity. We could look at that even previously where, you know, it was, well, so many factors um, promoting women to get outside the home and away from their, um, you know, real superpower of, of, raising these kids um, to be very strong and critical thinkers who can lead the, the free world, so to say, and uh, hand them over to the system, come prove your worth um, in the workplace against men, um, equality, and really not, um, <laughs> I shouldn't even say that, a lot would be a lack of a better term, more so let's shine um, a life for you to follow that uh, equality means you prove your worth, you're just the same as, as men's attributes and what they're doing and putting aside to the wayside of what your superpowers actually are, not to say you can't do things in the workplace that the man can, but you have things that a man cannot do. You create yeah. life. Yeah. You have a nurturing uh, a tendency to you that is unlike what a man has to give a child. Both do in their own way, but, um, you know, women are the ones who are bringing children in this world and you have the children over the system. And then as well, there's a two-front kind of double-edged sword with, you know, with um, inflation and everything just being jacked up. So now we need, you know, even those who don't want to be out in the workplace, they got uh, to yeah. Yeah, work to get to uh, income household uh, to survive. So you got your kids in this indoctrination camp all day, which of course there's some good things in there, but a lot of it is just, you know, designing them to be another cog in the wheel, a victim to tribalism in the, in the environmental world around them, you know, just listen to what you're told and regurgitate it. Right. And, yeah. uh, preying upon what we're, we're born with, um, that reptilian brain, as I was talking about as kids, you know, obviously you probably watched your two children as they looked at you walking around, they started walking, you gave yeah. them congratulations, you encouraged them with positive reinforcement, right? So they kept doing it and the things that they go to do, um, whether reaching for something that you tell them, no bad, don't do that. So they're not going to want to do that. It, 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 that gets preyed upon, right? We get, we get um, success wins with, you know, uh, doing well, regurgitating the information, and then we get uh, failures for not, right? So we look at that in the world today as that's progressed, you know, really preying upon that instinct nature of us when we look at the world around us. Well, now look at what happened, right? You wonder why so many educated intellectual people went along with things, like, right? So many people were shaking their head at that, and you're missing really just the simple basics of neuroscience with how it works with People want to go along with the bigger tribe, the bigger herd, because instinctively yeah. they feel safer, right? Yeah. They can survive and thrive with that. And if there's positive reinforcement, that's a safe card, right? If they're on the news, which our mind automatically, well, not so many people anymore yeah. today, not but before, anymore. before we would, if you're on TV, you're somebody of importance that the bigger herd follows, right? So yeah. let's follow what they're saying. And then celebrity influencers. And then the safest card for that tribal mind to follow is not only what's being positively reinforced, but the opposite behavior being shunned, right? Like how many kill the hostage situations were there, right? If you look at like a bank robbery where they, they prove their seriousness by popping off a hostage, right? Let's look yeah. at that at the beginning of things where they completely ostracized and, and removed the credentials from how many medical professionals who spoke up at the beginning, right? Yeah. That was like, a, hey, we're not messing around. You shut up and yeah. follow along. Right. Or you're going to be really put outside this tribe and you're not going to have a good time. Yeah. So and, absolutely attack on it all, man, on, on every front. <laughs> and it's fine. The, the, the tribalism was one of the things I saw quite a bit because um, 
I wouldn't say I'm a rebel, but I like you know, fuck it. yeah, I am a rebel. I, I push the ground, right? Um, reason I, I like the like a lot of the, the teens and stuff that, that are out of me. The reason I tell them I'm like the reason I'm an entrepreneur is not because you know I was born to be an entrepreneur. The reason I'm an entrepreneur is I can't listen to fucking others. Right? I, I I push the envelope too much. I like to do my own thing. It's just my personality. So I gravitated to business ownership and, and fighting because it was something I could do on my own. And I didn't have to, to, to follow the crowd. And one of the things I noticed when, um, because I got to interact with so many people during the pandemic, whereas some people were locked down, I didn't stop doing shit. I kept running my, my private training business. I was going to people's homes. You know, some people would be like, I'd just be, I'd, like, I'd be training them, man. I'd just be training them, Sean. And they'd be like, yeah, did you take the vaccine yet? Um, I'm like, just finish your set. Finish your set. Did, 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 you, did you take it? Just finish your set. And, and the, their, just, their justification to me would be, you should just do it. You know, just, just do it. I'm like, that's not a fucking reason for me to just do something that you want. It's because they were asking me constantly because they wanted to know if I was a part of with them. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and I, as a professional, I had to sidestep it a little bit. And, and I didn't want to answer because at that specific time, people were very sensitive to the issue because of how they were pushing it and how they were representing it in the media. Um, but, you know, to this day, I'm, I'm comfortable saying, yeah, fuck, no, I didn't take shit. I didn't take it. And I didn't take it because I'm against anything. I took it because it was a decision, or I didn't take it because it was a decision that me and my wife felt was in the best interest of us. Uh, I got COVID very fucking early on because I knew I was going to get COVID. Like, it was like, okay, there's this thing out there. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to stop doing shit. It's a fucking black belt. I'm going to keep rolling until I die. And I'm like, I told my wife, I'm like, well, I'm going to get sick or something. So we got sick very early on. and. We got over it very fast, like, you know, most people do. And so I didn't think it was a need for me to do it. And what really um, reinforced our decision was I actually went to my doctor and we had to pay for the, the um, you know, the antigen test, the antibody test. So we paid for it. We got the test and, you know, our antibodies were through the roof. And this was, we did it like eight, ten months after we had right? And I asked my doctor, and I'm like, I know there's a lot of stuff out there pushing certain things, but I'm like, as a medical professional, do you think based on the results that we came back, our blood test, if this uh, vaccine was a good idea for me or my wife to, to take? And he said, well, I'm not an immunologist, I'm not an immunologist, but in my opinion, you guys are safe. There's no reason for you to, to do something like that. And it was uh, it was refreshing because I, f- I finally found a doctor that wasn't influenced by anything else, money or any other governing bodies that they were telling them to say certain things. And it was also refreshing to know that I made a decision and this person respected it enough to tell me their honest opinion and didn't try to push some sort of agenda on me. And, you know, it's very rare to find that, and it's very rare still that that's happening because, as you know, there's renewed pushes for all this stuff that's coming, 
and and uh, I mean I don't know what the future holds, but all I know is you know I made a decision and I stuck by it and I'm happy with it to this day, and I will never regret it, and I never put anybody else down for doing the opposite thing I right because at the end of the day you know it's fun in games where we, we go on social media and you see memes about things and you're like oh that's fucking funny but i'm never going to judge you as less of a person because you did something different than i did and i think that's where the we got lost mm-hmm. the last year uh, because you know you can do things your way and i can do things my way but we can still be friends and still chill or we don't even have to be friends you just do your thing i do my thing we we be Canadians, and I think that that's if anything that was lost that I want to find back is that I don't know if you agree with me, but yeah, I do agree with you, and I think it's uh the world was already really spiraling down on that, and this has been a a, a great way and whether implanted by God or not to help us come back to that and help us really start seeing ourselves and everybody else you know all from the same source and and respecting everybody's individual journey, even if we don't agree with the steps they're taking. Um, yeah. Of course, respecting it, assuming it's not harming others and being projected upon others in a you know a manipulated way. And to also appreciate that we live in this, well, we live in under the veil of duality, I'll say, in this world. And uh, each side has its purpose. Yeah. And uh, there is a beautiful thing happening right now this awakening and people evolving to rise up past it and and bring unity and and discovering the need to find the common ground and and love each other regardless of opposing views and to come together to rise up and it's all been fast-tracking that you know it changed it for me because i started off on the foot of getting pretty fucking angry at people uh, you know if you look at my content from the beginning i was yelling at people rah 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 uh not yelling at people in there, you know, but yelling at yeah. people, message, you know, <laughs> just like saying, stop going along and whatnot. And, and then I had, you know, a, a revelation happen where I just changed my tune on that. and That primed me perfectly for Ottawa. And that was another thing that Ottawa really finished off on that seed planted. We'll say, you know, I helped it sprout um, yeah. and really grow as it was just, you know, love and uh and just unity um there's people of all walks there vaccinated not vaccinated right yeah so it was a beautiful thing and i know if i didn't have that revelation beforehand going to ottawa would not have been the same experience and just like many people i know who contacted me when the riot police were coming in they didn't come down because they knew they couldn't keep their cool yeah and i'm sure if i didn't have that revelation shortly before i would have been in the same boat i would have been doing something stupid that probably would have had me behind bars still to this day and, and that's why um this day i don't do certain things like i don't i don't go to bars i don't go out with people like i've been invited once right but i i limit myself to they're like oh what are you doing on saturday and i'm like i'm going home hanging out with the family playing lego that's what i do i'm, a adult <laughs> LEGO. I'm an adult lego nerd, right so like um I, i've distanced myself from those kind of things because like, and, and i'll see it with other athletes too because they'll get in trouble I'm like, what the fuck were you doing there the train, you know what I mean? It, it's like uh, I, I find that for me, this is my personal thing. The way I stay out of trouble is by by removing myself from those situations. So if it means living a little bit of a more boring life, so be it. 
Um, but I find that, you know, in my previous youth, I used to get in trouble just because I was like, oh, fuck it. Oh, yeah, I'll go out with you guys. And then I'm, I'm doing something stupid, right? Choose your environment is just as important as the food you choose to consume. Yeah. And um, I, I know we touched on this a little bit earlier, but I wanted to kind of circle back to it about the, the masculinity. I know this is a stupid term that's thrown around toxic masculinity, um, which I don't fucking buy. But why do you think, what do they, the, I, don't, I don't know if it's government or crazy lefties or, or any, but, but what do they gain by trying to destroy masculinity? Well, the protectors and providers, right? Um, it, uh, excuse me, started on many fronts where there's a lot of nonsense being pushed out there. And, and, you know, if you want to call it the wokeism movement behind it, where they would speak out and, and really, you know, lash out to men and then the terminology of toxic masculinity started coming out. And it's like, hey, this is just fucking ridiculous. I'm just going to shut up and do my own thing and let these people, you know, do their thing, not realizing really what that was going to evolve into yeah. and just how important their stand, um, or at least shining a light on the truth. And yeah, standing in their truth, speaking, you know, words of truth from the lips that they have was to, you know, put a halt to that, um, or at least slow it down or at least, um, which, you know, and as I say that, I don't, I, I don't know if that's even, uh, a realistic thing to say a realistic <laughs> thought because i do feel it's you know purposeful um but at the very least doing that stand taking that stand to sh- uh, shine the lights for other people other men specifically other you know the boys growing up on how to really stand your ground and, and protect and provide and and know the difference between you know good and bad positive and negative and also understanding you know the the divine masculine and feminine the different roles that we both have here um to come in a union together and complement each other to yeah. fully evolve and, and create the best atmosphere we can not only for ourselves and our family but everybody we have around us yeah and um i know, I know you made a post about it a, a while ago but you were talking about how just because a man is, is very masculine doesn't take it away from doesn't make a, a woman submissive you know i think you, you know what I mean? Like, because yeah. yeah. like, um, I if by their definition, a toxic masculine, I'm toxic as fuck. I like guns. I like fighting. Uh, I, I I do ever like I, I go shoot my bow. I, I like hunting. I like doing all those fucking things that they would classify as toxic masculinity. I do it on a daily basis. Um, but my wife is there's nothing submissive about her. She 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 can stand her ground against me if she wanted to, no problem. We have a great relationship. Why is it that people view that if a man is strong and displays very strong masculine traits, that the woman would then you know fall submissive to him or she's vulnerable to him? Like why has that kind of that mentality been pushed along? Well, it's been what's preyed upon. And what we see, you know, happening with men who actually are toxic, it's, you know, not their traits of masculinity. They're just themselves are toxic men, yeah. um, uh, you know, embodying a toxic uh, attitude and, and just belief system. And uh, it's probably a ton of pain inside and different trauma where they haven't really resolved it and really understood it and released it and just projecting that onto the world. Right. So 
that's been highlighted and we see it highlighted in movies as well. The, you know, biggest propaganda machine that we have of our day. Well, actually that's, a, that's not true now with social media and whatnot. Um, so it's, uh, it's been pushed as a narrative and, uh, and it's been tied together with the nuclear family on just being, see this whole system's wrong. Right. And yeah. really not fully dissecting the situation on what was going on with that specific uh, individual or those individuals, the couple at hand or whoever was involved and, you know, what kind of substances were involved, what kind of toxins, what kind of EDCs were involved, all these different things that just debilitate us to operate out of, again, that prefrontal cortex, you know, our, our, our area of logic, reason, long-term thinking, yeah. um, and more in our limbic system, which is the emotional processing center. So it's, uh, you know, again, double-edged blade on that with how many fronts have come in on the attack and just the divide, right? Divide and conquer is always going to be one of the biggest uh, plans to deploy for pulling people apart. And man and woman in a sacred union together, um, it's an unstoppable force nearly um, yeah. when, when really coming to full terms with you know, embodying who they are, both the masculine and feminine side. So whatever means necessary to pull that apart is, uh, is what we're, what we've been seeing um, deployed upon us. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. And I, and there's one thing that I, I tell a lot of people when they ask me, like, cause I'm, I'm always, I'm always working, I'm always grinding. If I'm not teaching, you know, classes till 10, I close, I basically, I get home at like 10 every night. I'm training myself. I'm, I'm building my businesses. And they're like, you know, how do you get the energy to do that? And I, and I give them one simple answer. I say it's my wife. And they're like, what, what do you mean? It's your wife. She doesn't give you energy. I'm like, she gives me energy by the support and the foundation that she lays for me to allow me to do these things, right? Because I've seen it in the opposite sense. Because I'm blessed in, in the sense where in my, in, in my business, I get to interact with a lot of people. And I get to see the opposite uh, uh, that I've, what I've encountered with my relationship where the, the spouse or the girlfriend or whoever is not as supportive of the other person's goals, aspirations, dreams. Um, and, and that, and I, I, you know, I may be guilty of this too. I don't tell it to her enough, but that's where I gain my inspiration. And that's where I, I yeah, tell her, man, tell her a lot. I, I know, I know I got, I got to do more, but, that's where I gain it because, you know, when my support system is constantly telling them me they're proud of me, when my support system is constantly helping me when I need the help, when my support system, you know, I'm, I'm no different than anybody just because I've gotten in a cage and fought and I have a black belt and, and I've had all this experience under pressure. You know, I still experience anxiety. Like, to... To this day, I, 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 I think about last year, I was a very big anxiety denier, right? I used to think, oh, fuck it. Uh, that's not anxiety, actually. Until, um, you know, I went through about a depression, right? And, and it was at the end of that, or not the end, but in the middle of that last lockdown, whenever the fuck it was, 2022, January-ish, right? Um, and it's, it's at those moments where, you know where you're you're really broken, where you're 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 falling apart. Like I was falling apart a little bit, and that's it wasn't because life was super hard for me. I had everything under control. It was just the the pressure from all the changes and all the lockdowns and all all those things added up. 
just like it did for everybody else that added up for me. I just might have hit it a little bit better than other people. But it was at those moments where I relied on on the strength of my wife, the strength of my that, that you know femininity that she could provide me, right? Because sometimes I need a guy to fucking punch me in the shoulder and say shut the fuck up and get back in there. Sometimes I need somebody just to hug me and tell me I'm, I'm doing a good job, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. The the masculine desires that you know containment and nourishment from from the from the feminine, um, especially the divine feminine pushing forward and. You know, if you as a man are, are stepping in and even at the times where you're falling short, but you can see um, from your past delivery of, you know, following your words with the actions, um, knows that you're a leader and she feels protected and safe um, where yeah, she can yeah. open herself up and allow her masculine guard to come down. She can provide you that nourishment that you need in those times or even at the good times, all times that you need it, right? And yeah. as men, that's, that's one thing that we desire, right? We want that support from the feminine yeah we're we're going ahead on our mission you're here right at our side you have what you want to focus on as well but you're supporting us in that process unfolding right so it's a beautiful beautiful container when two are coming into that and can really help each other just blossom and all who they can be yeah and that's why i I tell a lot of people i'm blessed right i'm blessed to have that but also too because i have that it's my responsibility to push forward because (laughs) i would be to me, my life would be an extreme failure if I had that support and I didn't do the things that I was capable of doing. I didn't push forward. I, to me, that that wouldn't be able to look at the man in the mirror. Now, well, from like, my experience, yeah. you know, with uh, with all the people I've worked with in my coaching, um, you know, a lot of the men who'd be saying something like that, asking, you know, how you get that energy and whatnot, or you know, smoking pot every day, drinking every other day, watching porn, jerking off a few times a day, just wasting their energy, you know, getting their dopamine reward system just hijacked from all these quick dopamine fixes that are an empty void on really what fulfills us, right? And which just drains our energy. We only have so much energy in a given day. So we have to be very conscious of where we're spending it. And when yeah, you have yeah. that container and you're you're void from a lot of those things, and hey, I'm not saying, you know, when I mention marijuana and, and these things, I'm not saying, you know, d- absolutely negative um to the totality of it all it's not what i'm saying but a lot of people are abusing all these things and uh, just wasting their energy and and making energy exchange not even realizing just how much they're just giving away with complete waste and bringing them to a place of lack where they can't deliver in the areas that they really want which then brings them further down because they're not fulfilling their mission or going after it yeah and no i know i know you weren't shitting on on weed (laughs) but like i actually never smoked a day in my life but because um because of how rough our uh, MMA is, and I've, I've I've had so many surgeries and injuries due to the sport. Uh, like I'm a user of CBD, and I use um, I, at night, especially after I'm done training. Even, even though my body's broken from it, I still do it. Don't ask me why. I just loved it. But I found that you know, with the right amount, I use some of the, the oil with the THC, and it definitely does help me um, therapeutically. Now I would. 100% stop using it if I had a desire to use it during the day. Like if I woke mm-hmm. up and I'm like, fuck it, I need to, uh, yeah. um, that would be my cue, um, to, to stop. Uh, but I don't have that desire. Luckily, I know that each individual is different and some people have addictive personalities. I'm lucky in the sense where I, I don't have that want. Uh, but it, you know, in, in the other way, it did save me. Like I wouldn't be, 
running my business. I wouldn't be still thinking about competing if, if I didn't have that. And I know you, that's not what you were saying, but I, I just want to put that out there for people that CBD is wonderful if used correctly. If used correctly. Um, yeah, uh, what you you know what you mentioned there should be highlighted in terms of you know that cue. If if I have the desire to use it during the daytime, that's going to be a, an indicator. I need to remove this from my life. You know, and yeah. it's not to say that there's no benefit of using such a thing in the daytime at all. But if you have a desire to do so for no reason, just probably wanting to escape from whatever's bothering you in life, where you're not fulfilling. You know, if you're using it as a spiritual enlightenment or connection or something like that, that evolves to daily use or habitual use. It's you know, you might want to really assess things. I just did a recent podcast on marijuana and it, you know, we painted a shine a light on the dark side of it, but still spoke on the positives. And of course, yeah. you know, everybody just got up in arms uh, with, with the negative side that we shine a light on. Just well, like no, any, I, I, I was, I was negative about it for almost my entire life, to be honest with you, because there's some people around me, I'm not going to mention them by name, because that's mean, but uh, some people around me who I've seen their potential not fulfilled because of, of it and it, it wasn't even the substance in itself it was the company that they kept when they mm. were that substance and it really hindered their development and their ability to, to become the best version of them so i had the negative view upon it in my entire life and then it wasn't until i had a i tore my pec and i had a pec surgery and they were shoving the fucking oxys at me that, mm. I, I did it before i've told people the story when i was um I had my right shoulder done, my labrum replaced when I was at university playing football. And uh, they gave me a bunch of oxys. It took like one or two during the recovery. But then I finished my exams early and I was waiting for my roommate. He was driving me back. So I was like, you know what, fuck it. I got nothing to do for a week. He's got a week till his last exam. So I'm going to play Call of Duty and take these fucking things. And my personality was, I'm just going to stay up all night and play and try to beat the drug and, and see if it will. And for like three weeks, Sean, I was fucking a zombie. I was taking it. And the pill, the bottle finished. And I thank God to this day that when the the bottle was done, I didn't go look for another one. Right? Mm. That, that's how it starts, right? It was just, for me, it was just a kid and it was just something I was doing for fun. Play fucking video games and, and take this shit. And, and I, I'm thankful every day that it didn't turn into anything else. So that's why I went they presented me when I, when I continued to have all these injuries and they presented these drugs to me, I didn't take it. Right. And then when I had my pack, I'm like, I need something, right. Just to get rid of some of the, this pain. And that's when I, I started using the CBD in a very small fashion. And then over the last couple of years, as you know, I'm getting older, so things started to pile up and trust me, I don't have the greatest genetic around people. I don't have the greatest genetics to fight. And so, uh, I kept getting, these injuries and it, it was one thing that helped me really stay in the game right and, and I, I will be able to do this to the day i die now because of it but at the same time i'm willing to get rid of it if i find it's starting to impact my life that way or i'm needing it like that um now one of the things i wanted to talk to you about is uh with all the stuff that is going on in the world right now a lot of evil a lot of control like we talked about how does one go about breaking free of those things and taking back ownership of their health and themselves? Well, your environment is going to be the biggest thing. Um, you know, what you're consuming, uh, not just your environment, let's just say what you're consuming as a whole uh, internally and externally. So internally, of course, being the food you're eating, the water, 
quality of water, everything that you're putting inside your body and on your body as well, right? Getting away from all the endocrine and endocrine disrupting chemicals that are throwing your hormones off a lot, off, off completely out of whack. That's messing with you. There's another part to the whole, you know, divide with the masculine, feminine, um, you know, the astrazine, the water that's, you know, I think it was, yeah, it was Alex Jones who said, I think in like the 80s or I don't know, 90s, yeah. I can't remember where it was, where the water was making the frogs go gay and everybody just laughed at them. It's been shown. Yeah, it's yeah. actually, yeah. it's actually a true story. Yeah. It's actually yeah. what's happening. Um, and uh, of course, that test was just done on frogs. And well, we could, we could possibly say the test has also been done on humans and we can you know see but anyway we'll leave that <laughs> that's <laughs> another said. rabbit hole that's another rabbit hole. yeah you know change your environment though you're you, you're a product of your environment right so one of the biggest things is just getting you know a positive thought really leaning into the universal laws whatever your beliefs are you know atheist or christian buddhist uh you know hindu whatever um, there's there's natural laws of this universe beyond that just the gravity to use them to your advantage because they they're there and yeah. they're they're real call it whatever you want but they're they're very real so one of the biggest things is going to be getting you know positive thought going inside your mind which that's going to start the best place to start with that is gratitude you know just find a way to be thankful for everything thankful you woke up every little thing you can be grateful for focusing on the abundance you have and not the lack um do your best not to stare at the problems of course you want to be informed and you want to be questioning everything but I, I, you know, I've repetitive message on following the 90, 10 rule. It's one of the just such simple things next to gratitude where spend 10% of your time and energy focusing on problems, yeah, becoming aware of them and 90% of your time and energy on the solutions. And some of the biggest solutions are going to be changing your environment. You know, the people you work with, um, the people that you socialize with your family, like, and I'm not saying completely disown your family, but hey, no. if you've got a bunch of negative family, that's, you know, just promoting alcoholism or all the bullshit that, you know, you don't want to go with that's being pushed upon us from, you know, powers. I don't even want to say powers that be anymore. We'll just say tyrannical government, um, you know, put, learn to work, put, put healthy boundaries up. And when I mentioned workplace, well, people are like, well, fuck, I need to work. Um, I can't, you know, lose a financial, um, take a financial hit. And if you really were able to take a full assessment, if you are surrounded by negative people in your workplace, whether they just be full of addictions or negative behavior, negative attitude, talking negatively, gossiping, or all about the wokeism, as you put it, yeah. um, in the longer in the in the longer picture, you are going to lose financially along with much more from keeping yourself in that environment. So you're gonna you're gonna excel in a place where they're you're surrounding yourself with people who are living the life or in lifestyle that you want and that you want to embody. So be careful of what you're watching. There's subliminal messages in all of the fucking content that's put out there. Yeah. Um, if, if you dive into the psychology neuroscience at all, like learning just how that part of the brain I spoke about at the beginning of the show uh, works, the people who control this world or control, you know, society will say for a better term um, are very versed in how that works and are, are manipulating your mind to act out behaviors, self-sabotaging behaviors, um, the music you listen to, all of that. Like, take a real account of your environment, right? And, my, my, uh, and my, sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you, but my wife gets annoyed at me with that now because I'll be we were watching a movie and I'll pause and I'll be like, I see what they want there. Subliminal message. She's like, Ashley, we just, can we just enjoy the movie? I'm like, no, they're so, they're trying to train me during this movie. I'm yeah, like, all of them. <laughs> All of them count how many times, like in any movie or mostly any movies, how often you see alcohol, how often you see coffee in the background, smoking, 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 
Yeah, vaping. Um, like caffeine. I'm not saying I don't utilize caffeine at all, but overindulgence in caffeine is is direct result of jacking up your cortisol, um, your your fight or flight system, your stress response, and putting you in that limbic part of your brain. Um, it's a very, very great way to control people. Um, and I know people hear that and just get up on arms because that's their favorite beverage for most people. And I'm not saying, Hey, don't enjoy it. I, I used to drink it every day and I've cut down it twice a week and I have a, a, a you know, a more healthy relationship with that because I don't want my cortisol jacked up all the time. So on top of changing your environment and the things you're consuming, what is this doing and the things I'm consuming to my stress response? Um, and, and as well, the conversations and the stuff you're looking at, you want to minimize your stress response. There's healthy stress, acute stress from exercise and doing your yeah. MMA, you know, cold water therapy, breath work, all these things that you want to do, they're going to help build up your stress threshold, yeah. but not things that are going to give you chronic stress, which is going to lead to so many things like inflammation. There's so many diseases and, and most importantly with the world today, mind control. Um, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, for everybody who's, listen to your show mostly um, other than the haters that probably pop on are are awake we'll call it to some degree right and yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll just say and uh, do more to change your environment and do all these things i'm talking about because there's so much more that you're not awake to yet oh, and yeah. uh, i've been seeing that through the years of my progression and i've come to the <laughs> the awareness that there is so much uh, left that i i'm not aware of and i know the more i treat this this vessel as the temple that it is, the more I'm going to be able to connect with that and rise up above the bullshit, no matter what I face. Yeah. So don't, and, and one of the biggest parts to all of that, get the fuck away from the fear. Yeah. Do not let fear penetrate your mind or your heart and know whatever you allow in your heart must flow out. So yeah. really, really, you know, set those healthy boundaries and do your best to love everybody as yourself, but setting healthy boundaries is tough love that has a place in that, right? You want to have tough love on yourself at times as well. Just like you're talking about your buddies, you need that fucking punch to get going sometimes. So yeah, a lot to kind of just throw out there and ramble off on, but those are my no, big, rambles, yeah. rambles are good, man. That's what we do. It's supposed to ramble, but there was a good thing you said there about, you know, ownership of your stress, right? Because, uh, and I can give a great example of this because this past year, was incredibly stressful for for me and my wife not because of um it, it was our own stress we 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 opened up a gym you know i fulfilled one of my life my life dreams of, of finally getting it done um but it wasn't something we were looking to do like when this year started we weren't looking to open up it was just an opportunity that presented itself and i would have been a fool to say no so i had to do it and knowing that i had to do it you know, it came along with a lot of uh, self-sacrifice to my own health because, um, you know, we got the place, we had to renovate it, and, you know, you get a couple weeks to do that. And when everyone's like, oh, a couple weeks, I don't have a lot of fucking money, I'm a fighter. You know, I spent my, my entire 20s pursuing fighting and getting injured, right? And so, you know, how much, you know, savings do you think you accumulate from that? No, you lose, you lose a lot of money. Like, it's only now that we we've put things together and we're off and running like I, i'm actually getting to sit back and enjoy the fruits of my labor of all the punishment i put my body through the last 15 years but we got the opportunity we had to renovate so when i was doing that i still had to work my i still had to see my clients so I, i'm in in this place building it then getting up waking up off of like three or four hours sleep training my clients doing all that and then getting back in here, getting it done. Cause we, we, you know, 
yeah, I could take a couple more months to do it. But as, as you both know, as you, you run a business, the longer you're not in business, the more your cash dries out, right? And so, you know, I had to make that sacrifice. I had to say, okay, I'm going to have to really to grind this out. And it, it came at a price. And what the price was is that by March, I already gained like 15 pounds. Um, and that was just stress weight. Um, uh, I wasn't drinking enough water. That's another thing. I got so, de- like, I, I like coffee, but I was so dependent on caffeine to the point where uh, I would drink coffees and then I fell back into this bad habit of energy drinks, right? Um, just because, you know, it would be like six o'clock. Fuck, we got to get this. I got to get this. Uh, we got to get this painting or whatever the fuck done. You know, we have to get floors in by, by Monday. The guys are coming to help us with floors on Saturday. We got to get this done. So I'd take whatever stimulant I could to keep going. And I knew it was wrong. I'm in the health industry. I knew it was wrong. But it was a self-sacrifice I had to make at the moment, right? I knew it was a temporary thing. But once we got open and we were, we were good to go, I, I realized I had to spend time on myself, right? And one of the biggest things that I've, I've learned in the last couple of months is how valuable one sleep is, right? I used to be able to get away with five hours and train twice a day, work eight hours, sleep five hours and do it again the next day and still be awesome. I'm like, okay, it's not happening anymore, right? <laughs> I, <laughs> I can tell you how different the week is when I have a bad night of sleep. Like if I get five hours, like I could still, even though I'm getting older and 34 now, even though I'm, I, I can still beat the shit out of young guys. I can still train twice a day. I can still run the business, whatever. But if I'm operating on five hours, I can't do it. And the reason I can't do it is not because I physically am not awake. I'm awake, but my mental state is a whole lot different because of the, like we were talking about the cortisol. I can Mm -hmm. feel the difference in my brain and how I process my thoughts now between six hours of sleep and seven hours of sleep. Well, absolutely. Your your glymphatic system is what, uh, while you're sleeping um, and assuming that you don't much caffeine in your system and your adenosine receptors are all able to function how they should naturally without the interruption of overdosing on caffeine. So that lymphatic system is what drains the toxic chemicals that build up in your brain throughout the day, right? Which is going to help you have that creativity and thought. And of course, the lower the stress level, the less you're, the less you're in that emotional response. Something to point out to people that I don't think or maybe it just goes over their head. They don't really think about is, you know, our stress response, that fight or flight system. It's the same response that activates if you're, in the water, in the ocean and getting attacked by a shark and you need to get the fuck away or you're running yeah. away from a bear. It's the same response as toxins have on your body. Yeah. Your body wants to get away from them. It's going to put you in the part of the brain that's impulsive, making impulsive decisions that can't think of long-term consequences, Yeah, which sometimes serves us, but a lot of the times it doesn't, especially in today's world with how often we're in a chronic state of stress. Yeah. So there's so much to be connected with, so much potential to get that stress level lowered. Yeah, and, and and now especially because I'm more aware of it, I'm more sensitive to it when when it's happening. I'm like, okay, I need to get more rest. Like maybe I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know do my Muay Thai. To maybe I'm just gonna lift a little bit of weights just so I feel loose, and then I'm gonna fucking call it a day. Whereas I didn't do that in my twenties, and I got away with it, 
right? But that's uh, also- that was the same for most of my thirties, man. Five hours yeah. sleep, I feel great, but not realizing just how much potential. Yeah, I felt great, but when I started getting more of that sleep, and then and then just seeing just how much more creative I was, how much more I was in tune with my long term goals, and wanting to plan things out and being able to really excel at accomplishing those things, it was it was huge. Well, even my acceptability of of news, like like we said, there's a lot of bad shit every day you can find mm-hmm. bad bad news you're not, you're not stopping your emotional response center anymore yeah exactly right? so like when logic when, reason when i was doing those renos at the start of the year i wasn't paying too much attention to the political stuff because obviously i had other things to do more important things to get to get done but when i saw something that i didn't agree with or didn't like i got fucking mad right mm-hmm. and, I, and it was because i was in an emotional and state where it made me that bad. Whereas yeah, up now, stress. whereas now, toxins being pushed on us. Yeah, and then whereas now I'm like, okay, if something I see in, on the news or media makes me fucking angry. Sometimes it does make me angry, but most of the time, I'm like, let me just let me just sit on it for the night. Let me go to bed, mm-hmm. get a good night's sleep, and think about it. And if it still pisses me off in the morning, then it was probably something to say. But if it doesn't, I'm like, okay. Right, it's it's amazing that when you come to that, when you get to that realization of how to manage your body and manage that stress, like we're talking about, how you can manage those negative things a lot better. Like I'm not huge. I'm not angry at certain things, but like I disagree with it. But I'm not angry, right? Because if I spend the whole time, be, and it's almost like this is what they want. But if they want you to be angry all the time. Then you they, they be angry and stressed out. You yeah. can, you know, in, in my self-sabotage course, I relate to the prefrontal cortex is body good number one. And then your limbic system, or we call it your subconscious mind, even that acts on the automatic behaviors and the tribalism going along to get along, body guard number two. You want to keep body guard number one in the driver's seat as long as you can. And there's ways of conditioning body guard number two. So when he takes over or she takes over, it's acting out behaviors you want to live that line up with your conscious wishes and desires. But Bodyguard number one is where it's at. And one of the biggest things they can do to take up bodyguard number one, stress levels. Increase your stress, right? Increase your stress. Put fear in there. That's going to get your stress response going. And also fix your gaze, right? So the television, why do you think during the pandemic, you know, isolate at home, get away from people and stare at the screen. Within 90 seconds, it's been shown that it bypasses your conscious mind and goes right to your subconscious mind for programming. Well, one of the things I noticed, and this is my uh, my three-year-old, right? Because... he likes uh, YouTube kids, right? And there's a couple of shows on there he likes. And so we're like, at first, I was like, okay, sure, whatever. And what I started noticing is when you give him control of this device, he'll watch like 20 seconds and he'll fucking swipe and do something. I'll swipe and do something. And what I noticed was that as he was doing that, his behavior, when you, like, you take away that phone, you say, oh, it's time to take all hell off the screen. Because it was kind of conditioning him not to be able to pay attention. Like, mm-hmm. You have yep. you have the ability to change the stimulus at every single moment you want to, and to give that to a child is ridiculous. Let alone an adult, right? Like I see it with TikTok, where you, like, I unfortunately have an account. I don't like using it. I don't really use it that often, and. I'll just post something and I'm trying to get out. I press the back button and it flips to a new <laughs> video. I press the back button. I have to press the back button three times to get out of the fucking app. But the three times I press it, it flipped to a new video. 
trying to stimulate, hey, if we put three videos on there before you exit, maybe you'll go back and, and click on it and go back in. Yeah, know. welcome to welcome to Planet Mind Control. Let's fill you yeah. up with toxins, jack your stress levels up, and put propaganda all over the place. Yeah. And yeah, well, at least I see it, but I, <laughs> I hope other people don't see it. That was the other thing that we had a, like, technically my son Benson, he was supposed to, because uh, he's a late baby, he's a December kid. He was supposed to go to school this year, and we didn't send him because um, I just felt like it wasn't the time for him. You know what I mean? It was, um, and I know Dr. Peterson has talked a lot about, you know, letting boys be boys, right? And, uh, you know, putting them in an institution where they sit and put their hand up, yes, man, no, man. That's not an ideal way for boys to develop. And what I've uh, noticed over the last two or three weeks, well, it's been a week and a half since they've been in school, but is his behavior is getting a lot bit better. Not only am I being able to spend more time with him one-on-one, but because I'll bring him to the gym here with me, and this is his education, right? I'll, I'll be like, go in there. It's a padded room for a three-year-old. Like, How much fucking trouble can you get in? So I'll go in and let him run around for like an hour while I'm doing my own training, and then I'll sit down with him, and we'll start counting stuff. And I'll notice that when he's able to run around and get that energy out, he's able to sit down and we count and we do other like educational things, but without him having to like sit there with a pencil and me, him regurgitate, you know, he's able to do these fun activities with me. And I've seen more development in that kid in the last three weeks than, uh, you know, in, in any other time in his life, because, you know, just letting, boys be boys and we had a hard time sending my daughter there too this year um thankfully she has a good teacher she got the same she's in in kindergarten she got the same teacher he's a good dude that you know he used to train martial arts too and i know some of the you know some of the same people so i trust i trust them but we were ready to if we went on the first day last week and we didn't like the teacher we were ready to pull her out and homeschool her like we were we were this close and then finally mm. they sent the email and i'm like okay we got the same guy she's got one more year in public education <laughs> got one more year to earn some money yeah, i'm in the same boat with my daughter she's uh just entered grade five and i want her homeschooled uh a split family i'm a co-parent very well but she's not at the point where she wants her homeschool just yet um sure it'll happen soon so i've surrendered to you know the force that we were talking about before and really just looking like hey we need some kids that are in the system with one foot in and one foot out and uh, i teach her how to critically think and how to challenge authority with respect and question the narrative and she's there and just tell her to enjoy herself and but thankfully you know same as you her teacher really seems great and i went in there and didn't see any you know wokeism propaganda all over the classroom so that was nice to see um yeah, well, yeah, so, I totally. That that was our biggest fear over the summer uh, with the change. And I was like, I told my wife, you know, I go in there and I see anything, uh, I'm pulling her out because uh, I think the common thought among a lot of people, I see it in my family too, is like, oh, my kid is a good thinker; she won't get sucked into that, or he won't get sucked. Yeah, into that. yeah, and, yeah. And people I, are and, underestimating just how susceptible the mind is to mind control. Yeah, and and so I, and I tell them, I'm like, hey, man. It doesn't matter how much confidence you have in your kids to resist that. Um, if it's being pushed on them every single fucking day um, and they can't question it, it's going to become reality for them and then it's going to become reality for you and you're going to be fucked. 
So that's one of the reasons why we have a zero tolerance policy at our house. Like all of her shows that they watch have to be approved. She knows that like, you know how Netflix and some of those other programs will, hey, are you still watching? And you let her watch for a long time. Uh, she's not allowed to click. She's not allowed to have control of the remote. Basically, we have to keep in control of that. And not because I want to, but because I have to in order to protect um, what they're watching, right? And, and to keep in control of that. Because if I don't, then it's going to get to them somehow. And I don't want to have to deal with that. You know, As a parent, I don't want to have to deal with that. Um, one, of the, one of the things I wanted to say before we uh, talk about, before we wrap up, because i got to almost start teaching some, some of these, these kids coming in soon. Um, now, without, I don't really want to get into it because I, I personally don't care, but you know, some people would say, you know, you do have a bit of a checkered past with the history, right? Um, and, you know, you've made some mistakes, like we all have. I've made a ton of mistakes. Uh, how do you shake that stigma of, like, what the old Sean Dared or what the old Ashton has done and move on to live a fulfilling, happy life? Because I think that, you know, a lot of people get into trouble nowadays. Right, you do something, you get into trouble, and the common message is that you know you're going to screw up your future, right? And I want to, you know, let people know that you know that's not the case. If you have made a mistake, as long as you haven't done something like you haven't fucking murdered somebody or something, that's the story. Right? I want people to know that it's okay to to have made mistakes in your past and to, um sort of overcome those mistakes and to you know live a positive life after sort of like what i when i when i follow you and i look at your story that's what i i gather from you where you where you've made some mistakes and now you're living a positive life and you're trying to help others based on the lessons that you've learned like how do you first of all shake the stigma because i know people do talk a lot of shit They're like why the fuck do you listen to this muscle head or you know you, you know what I mean? He's done all this shit. I know you've talked about you've had time in detention and stuff like that. How do you shake that stigma and still be able to live a fulfilling life and, and motivate others to do that as well? Oh, uh, couple things, you know, knowing knowing where my heart is at is is huge. Um and I don't have it my heart or my mind clouded with substance abuse anymore. And I I'm grateful for all the things that I've been in, uh, been through for what they've taught me. Uh, as you said, I use them to teach and then share that with other people. I felt I was led down that path for a reason. Um, so I think with that being said, in direct response to your question, if you have the thirst and search for wisdom, they're beautiful experiences in their own way on what they can provide you. If you're searching for that wisdom and the gift they can provide you for every adversity, there is a seed of equivalent success. Of course, we have to take that seed first, look for it, find it, and then plant it and nurture it. Right. So whatever you're going through, whether mistakes or debilitations that you're given to you from, you know, circumstances out of your control, either way, they could be your greatest superpower. And if you utilize them to the best degree possible and just look at the good, fuck what other people say, know where your heart is at. You know who you are. Other people don't define you. And I think that's one of the traps of social media. We can get easily stuck on allowing other people to define our worth. Whether you have worthiness issues from your upbringing or not, it's, uh, we're again, tribal beings are very susceptible 
it's adjustable to uh, wanting to be part of a tribe. So <laughs> focus on a fucking tribe who supports you and is doesn't look down on you and judge you for your past mistakes and uh, sees them uh, and honors you for your process of unfoldment through this life and knowing that it's part of your journey for who you're meant to become and the mission you have to fulfill. There you go. That's beautiful. Well said. Um, before we wrap it up, let everyone know where they can find you and, you know, get in touch with you if they want to enlist some of your services um, and how they can find you online and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely, brother. Um, and one, you know, I'm grateful for what you're doing to put a message of uh, inspiration out there to help people. Yeah. The more we can shine a light on what we need to shine on and help people unite is the is the biggest thing. So it's, you know, it's been a pleasure to hear you go through this conversation. One that I often don't like to get into too much anymore with all the mess, but I know we're stepping back into it. But with that being said, really nice to see you having that, you know, that light shined on respecting other people and having love for everybody. That's huge. And yeah. uh, bless you for that, man. Cause that's what we Thank need. You. Thank you. And like I said, I don't, I don't give a shit about being censored or like, I don't, <laughs> I don't do well. Like I don't make a fucking dime. podcast. I do it because I like to have conversations with interesting people. I like to learn. I've learned the most things I've learned. I started this at the 2020 because I was like everybody else. I was stuck a little bit at home doing mm-hmm. some more stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I've always wanted to do it. And good old Joe Rogan said, all you need is a fucking mic and, and, and a phone and yeah. you can do it. And yeah. So I started doing it and I do, I don't make a dime. It takes more time out of my day to get these things done than it, than anything. Um, but I do it because you know, one, there's a message to be spread, whether it be political, like I like sports. Like on, on, on the weekend, we did one where we just, just sat and talked shit about football with me and my buddies, and people like listening to that. Anytime I could make somebody smile or laugh or forget about the bullshit for a minute, that's all that matters to me, right? Um, so I appreciate that. And, like, I, I don't make a freaking dime. I just do it because... I feel like it needs to be done. And I don't care if they censor me. I'm still going to put it out there. And if no one listens, fuck it. Who cares? At least yeah, I whatever you're doing, what do you know you, you have a call to do? Yeah, yeah. like what, man? Well, people can find me at uh, the website, thebestwaytobreakfree.com, thebestwaytobreakfree.com. That's where you can get access to my podcast, my uh, new masterclass on self-sabotage. I have addiction programs from nicotine, alcohol, weed, um, self-hypnosis tracks, all that kind of stuff. That's what I focus on. So, that masterclass is actually launching in two two days right now, which is one that people will definitely want to jump on to really have an understanding of the tribalism and actually see firsthand what's being shown in movies that a lot of people are missing and understand just all the processes to release all that pain, that trauma you're holding on to, how to change your environment, understand the different toxins and really how your body works and hack it and use the same techniques that are being used against you to brainwash and control your own mind. So when you do go to that subconscious part, which on average is 95% of the day, let alone the stressors and things that are putting you in that limbic system, it's operating in line with your conscious wishes and desires. So anybody can check out all that at the best way to break free.com. Beautiful. And, uh, Hey, anytime you're in Toronto, drop by, let's fucking, we can definitely train. I can give you some, uh, some viking energy in the gym yeah <laughs> sounds good i'm gonna be there uh it'll probably be a pretty packed week uh, with the plans but end of october i'm going down there we're gonna hit up wonderland and then go do some uh, backcountry camp and uh in around sudbury so all right if you're around the area give me a shout and we'll, we'll get some training brother anytime sounds good ashton thanks a right. lot brother all 
All right, thank you guys for joining us for another episode of Sean Zimmer. Check him out, and peace out, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, thanks, man. I appreciate it.